What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 77 of The Locker Room, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers you precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, so make your testies their besties and get 20% off with our code and free shipping. Our code is LATKE, L-A-T-K-E, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, and use our code LATKE. Your balls will thank you. And tonight is the last and final game at Nassau Coliseum. I hate to say it, but that's just how it's going to go. Aswin, what are your thoughts, man? You confident? That's how we're starting now. That's, that's how, how we're starting. starting. Well, I'm not saying they're. I'm not saying they're going to lose tonight, but they're sure as shit are not winning in seven. <laughs> well, let me tell you, one shift, one period, one game at a time. It can't get any worse than what happened in Game Five. I mean, you could speak to this more as someone that actually played this sport, but I think if you get blown out, it's way easier to get over than if you lost like a, you know, a close game and overtime. I think that'd be deflating. But the fact that the game was over basically in the first period and they know they're not that team, they know they're never going to play that bad again. I think it's easy to move on from. So now you win tonight at home, you force a game seven, anything can happen. All the pressure then ships back to Tampa. So I'm not predicting the Islanders to win but I'm not going to sit here and say they're done, right? I think there's a scenario where they win tonight and then could win in seven. So I'm keeping the faith, but yeah, man, that was, that, that was one of the worst hockey games I have ever seen my team play. You could probably argue it was the worst game the Islanders have ever played in the Barry Trotz era. I mean, eight, nothing in a game five conference final game, uh, nightmarish stuff, but you move on and now we're on to game six tonight. You want to know who I feel the worst for in, out of the whole Islander game scenario? The fucking people that bought tickets to go watch the game at the Coliseum on the Jumbotron. Oh, my God. How miserable is I would have left after the first period. Can you imagine sitting in the stands watching them get fucking destroyed? And you're like, they're not even playing on the ice in front of you. You're just looking at the screen. That's that's the worst. view. That is the worst viewing party probably of all time in the history of the NHL. It's definitely the saddest viewing party of all time. <laughs> I, I mean, think about it, though. You're you're paying to go to a viewing party to watch a game at the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> you're watching one on a smaller screen than the screen you probably have in your living room. You are paying to have to still wait on long Nassau Coliseum bathroom lines. Uh-huh. And then on top of that, the team that had this great win at home in game four and all this momentum. You, you get your rear ends kicked from the, you know, the opening, you know, puck drop 15 seconds in or 45 seconds in the lightning already scored. So, yeah, I would say if you're ranking all time sad viewing parties uh, uh, game game five at the Nassau Coliseum, that probably is very high on the list. A thousand percent. Like I, I was literally saying to myself and those are the worst kinds of games that you go to or the games that you bet on when, you know, a team scores in the first minute and then there's like no I mean, like maybe you have a glimmer of hope. But then when they score two and then three and the whole game is just like end this fucking game, those that's the worst feeling of all time. As uh, more more so as a fan than as a player, because as a player you can at least like go out and try to control it and maybe you know make something good happen. But as a fan, you literally have no control in the game, so you're literally just sitting there in misery. 
Oh, it's awful. You're just sitting there. You're like, can we please forfeit this game yeah. and just move on to, to game six tonight? Like, you're just sitting there two nights ago, and it's just – it was awful. I mean, there's no other way to say it. If you're an Islander fan, it was terrible. If you're a Lightning fan, I mean, the game was over after the, the first period, and then it's party mode. You get to just chill and, you know, playoff hockey is amazing, but when your team's involved, it's very stressful unless your team wins. So, you know, when you don't have to worry about the stress of a game five conference final game – you know, after, you know, the Lightning score three goals in 10 minutes or whatever it was. I mean, that's got to be nice if you're a Lightning fan, for sure. 100%. And before before we move on, I do want to mention who our guest is today because I always forget to say it. But Kyle Axman, fitness instructor, model, and actor. Great guy. You guys will really enjoy him. A lot of mutual friends, I think, uh, of listeners. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I also, I, there's a question that I really want to ask you, Jake, because you covered James Harden for for a long time, a couple of years you know, what, four years, maybe three years, four years, uh, three seasons kind of, I mean, you know, he got traded very early on this season, so it's tough to count that, but you know, I've been in Houston when he had some of his best seasons, no doubt. So we're not going to touch too, too much on the nets because you know, that happened a couple, a couple days ago, but, um, I saw, I know a lot of people saw this tweet and like laughed at it, but when you look back now, I saw Reggie Miller's tweet saying after, after game five, should Steve Nash sit Kevin Durant and sit James Harden in game six and go all in for game seven. And everyone kind of laughed at it, thinking it was funny, like, haha, good one, Reggie, you know. But looking back now, that could have been a fucking smart move. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, though, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you had lost game six, you, you still very easily could have lost game seven. I mean, the reality is for the Nets, they, they just – they didn't have enough to get, to get it done. I mean, you lose Kyrie Irving. You lose basically 50% of James Harden as a player. You're asking a lot in Kevin Durant to carry you, and he's superhuman. He's probably the best player in the league at this point right now. But it's it's just a lot. It's too much. And, you know, Giannis is a you know two-time MVP for a reason. Middleton hit big shots. Drew Holiday had probably the biggest shot of the game in overtime. And, you know, I don't want to pile on Joe Harris because, you know, he's supposed to be the fourth best player on that team. But he is paid $75 million. You know, he signed that big contract and he missed a lot of big shots in this series. Game three, he could have had the game winner, came up short. In overtime of game seven, in a wide open look under a minute to go, he hits that shot. The Nets probably win the series. So, you know, you don't want to blame one particular player. But man, if Joe Harris is just what he was in the regular season, they, they probably win. So it's unfortunate if you're a Net fan, but. You know, the reality is it, this team just was too beat up to really go on a sustained run. I'm going to give a subtle flex. I did bet on the Hawks and on the Bucks in game seven. So I made a, made a good amount. Parlayed? And not a parlay, just separate, uh, you know, money line road bets. Um, I just felt it. I don't know. It's, it's the year of uh, exposing the frauds, put it that way. Man, um, talk about frauds. Ben Simmons is a fraud. To all our Philly listeners, I'm sorry. My God, that guy does not want to just shoot a basketball. It is remarkable. I, you know what? I, I'm convinced, Johnny. I, I mean, I'm a terrible athlete. I would have at least attempted a shot if I'm being paid $33 million a year and I'm supposed to be the second best player on the team. I mean, rest in, pre, you know, rest in peace to the Philly process. My God. Where do you think he ends up? He's obviously out of there. Everyone's saying it. You know, we're not going to act like we're analysts breaking news. Like everyone's saying he's out. Of yeah. There. I mean, look, I don't think you could bring him back. Like, I just think yeah. it's like, it's like Carson Wentz all over again for, you know, Philadelphia sports fans, but at least Wentz helped you win a championship. Yeah. Like Simmons just never lived up to, you know, his potential. He was the first pick in the draft. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, his value is low right now. So you're not going to get an equal, you know, trade in return. I mean, you know, could you move them to, you know, maybe Portland in a deal if they're trying to break things up with McCollum over there and try and give Dame Lillard someone else if he doesn't want out at the end of the day. I, I really don't know. I just 
I know Daryl Morey from covering him in Houston, the Sixers GM is going to be very aggressive and he's going to get moved. I think it's just, you know, finding the right team. I don't know what team that is right now. I was actually thinking Dallas because Luca has shared his complaints. But who are you you're putting him with uh, Luca and then uh, like no no Luca's a part of the deal. Luca wants out. I thought. I don't think the Mavs would take back Simmons though. Luca doesn't want out. Porzingis is unhappy. Shocker. Porzingis. Oh yeah. Well. So who who do you think is the best player available right now in the NBA playoffs? Like who's the star of the playoffs right now? Giannis or Giannis? I don't know. Why I said Giannis. Giannis Booker. Um, you know CP three even. Kawhi's not the, in there. Yeah, the the most accomplished player is probably Chris Paul, right? The best player right now might be Devin Booker, yeah. Greek Freak, Giannis. So it's tough. I mean, Trey Young's playing great, but you know, I think you know, you have a two time MVP in Giannis and Santacupo. You have a future Hall of Famer in Chris Paul, and you have Devin Booker, who's ascending to an all you know an All NBA you know top ten player in the league. We're watching it unfold. So it's probably those three. You know, it's kind of pick pick if you want the career legacy. It's Chris Paul, assuming he gets back from this COVID situation, and you know. Pound for pound, MVP wise, it's Giannis, and then the way Devin Booker's playing right now, I mean, how do you not say him? So you, you definitely have an argument for any of those guys. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Johnny, speaking of storylines from this weekend, I don't know if you're a big golf guy at all. You know, maybe you and the friends, you and the fellas, you know, you're smoking some cigars, drinking some beers when you play. But U.S. Open at Torrey Pines over the weekend, and yeah, the golf was exciting. John Romp, congrats to him. But did you see the fan that ran onto the 13th fairway at the U.S. Open? He runs on the fairway, hits a couple balls, and then got absolutely decked by security. I mean, just textbook tackling. I love when uh, the security guys, you know, have that great moment in the sun, you know, all the spotlights on them. I don't encourage people running on the field or golf courses, but when they do, I'm all for them getting their uh, rear ends kicked. And I just want to give a, you know, a shout out to those security people, those policemen at the, you know, U.S. Open who just absolutely dominated the dude that ran onto the fairway. I hate this is becoming a trend. It's like really annoying. Like fans just like being assholes and disrupting the games. Like it's 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 actually starting to like bother me. Yeah, look, uh, I wouldn't encourage anyone to do it, but the problem is, if you do it, you get on Twitter, you get on Instagram, yeah. you get on all these media outlets, so you, you get a lot of publicity. I mean, you know, the Suns and Four guy yeah. is making a career out of beating the crap out of another fan <laughs> yeah. at a playoff basketball game a couple of weeks ago. So you know, as that happens more and more people are going to try and copy that. So I I think this is only like maybe the tip of the iceberg for fan fights or people running in, you know, running on fields or running it, you know, on courts. I think it's, it it could get even worse. I'm about to go buy game six tickets at Nassau Coliseum tonight and wear my Sean Avery Jersey and get my ass beat so I can make some money. (laughs) If you do that, make sure in all the videos you're yelling locker room podcast. So we get some publicity. (laughs) Isles and nine. (laughs) That's what I'll be yelling. But uh, no, I I, did, I didn't actually see that happen. But um, I, it's funny too because my my home friends, one of my friends, I'll give a shout out, Jordan Freeman. Always like every weekend, there's a golf tournament says who we should bet on, and this weekend he said John Rahm, and I was like, okay, you say Tiger every weekend, but then Tiger got hurt, obviously. But um, I I'm a I'm a fan of Spin Chicklets that podcast, and Ryan Whitney was talking about how John Rahm is the worst bet ever. Like it's the favorite, but it's not gonna hit. So obviously I was like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. I'm not going to bet it. And obviously guy fucking wins. It's poetic justice for Rom because Rom had to withdraw from the Memorial tournament a couple of weeks back. He had a six stroke lead, but he tested positive for COVID. He was asymptomatic. So he had to withdraw with a six stroke lead, which in golf is a lot. Like he probably was going to win the tournament. So he withdraws a couple of days later. 
<laughs> yeah, like it's you know, it's like being up eight nothing in game five of the uh, conference finals, right? <laughs> I mean, but so Ramos is big lead. He gets COVID. He has to withdraw. So he basically lost the tournament because he was asymptomatic for COVID, which just stinks for him. So yeah. it's almost poetic justice that now at the you know a big major U.S. Open he plays as well as he did and he wins. So a really cool story for him, and he's the first ever Spaniard to win a major championship so, or, or to win the U.S. Open, I believe. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. And I actually do want to take a second to talk about a sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. They're coming off a huge rookie season. The expectations for Underdog Fantasy sophomore season are sky high. They're answering the call with the biggest best ball tournament ever. Best Ball Mania 2 is a $3.5 million prize pool with $1 million and $1 to first place. The biggest prize ever awarded in the best ball tournament. No waivers, no trades, no setting lineups, just drafting. So go over to underdogfantasy.com or download the app in the App Store or Play Store and take your shot at $1 million. Be sure to use the code LACA, L-A-T-K-E, when you sign up. We love Underdog Fantasy. We probably use it almost every day. So go over there and use our code LACA, L-A-T-K-E, when you sign up. I do want to go into the Oyve segment really quick, Jake, if you do have one in mind. Uh, my Oyve this week is, are you familiar with the work of a Karina Kaff? I'm not. So she is like an Instagram model. She was on like David Dobrik's like YouTube channel for a long time. She's like a Twitcher. She does a bunch of different things in social media. Very attractive woman. Like mm-hmm. one of the most beautiful looking people I've ever laid my eyes on. My Oyve is apparently she joined OnlyFans and she posted a picture of her boobs. And that one photo made her over $160,000. Oh my God. So I'm thinking to myself, man. I would love to post a picture of my boobs and make that kind of money. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. So that's yeah. my oy Like, oy vey, my goodness, she's making so much money. And you know what? Good for her because in a world where you could you know, make a living posting a picture of yourself on the internet, go for it. That's incredible. No, that, I mean, I, I, I don't even know what to say. That is, that, that's, a, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. It's a good amount of money, though. Good for her. How much would you pay for you or how much would you need to be paid for you to take a picture of yourself shirtless and post it on the internet? Like with my penis? No, no, no. <laughs> just your shirt off, you know, you're modeling, you know, GQ style. I would pay. You would pay to do it, right? Yeah. yeah. See, that's, that, that's the difference. But if it was my penis, that's a different story. I'd pay more. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go into my, I guess, speaking of that, mine's kind of on that note. Uh, I love skinny dipping and I think it should be more popular because everyone like I, I get drunk and I go back to my friend's house and I like to skinny dip at the end of the night and everyone looks at me like I'm some crazy asshole and I wish people would just skinny dip. I think it's so much fun. Are you doing this in like a co-ed environment or just with like your, your, your guy friends? Both. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I'm kind of notorious for, for getting home. One of my friends holding uh, has a house in the Hamptons leaves the pool at 93 degrees at night for when we get so when we get back from the bar we can all hop in i'm kind of infamous for walking in the front door stripping naked and, and jumping in the pool and and no one seemed to join me this weekend so i kind of felt like a weirdo so you're the only one that's nude in the pool and everyone else is in the pool but they're clothed sometimes or they're just not in the pool at all <laughs> <laughs> the visual of that is very funny. Just you just in a pool, yeah. skinny dipping. Everyone's like, what is Johnny doing? Yeah, that's yeah, that's usually how it goes. But I'm also I, I sleep naked as my mom came on the podcast a couple weeks ago and talked about it. I, I I'm a I'm a free spirit in that sense. So I wish it was less frowned upon and, and more people were inclined to, to swim naked. Are you a big fan of like nudist beaches then? 
I actually, it's so funny that you say that because me and Ellie were in Miami together a couple months ago and we just like wanted to walk through the nude beach and like obviously we walk right through it and it's all guys, like just penises, you know, coming right at Just dongs just being, you know, yeah. slung around. But I, I, I did say after, I said, the, whenever the day comes where I have a bachelor party, I'm making a day at a nude beach and we're playing like five on five touch football. <laughs> you might get a lot of people that don't want to go to your bachelor party. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I think it'd be so, it's so funny. Like uh, what, what's a movie like uh, Wanderlust? Do you see Wanderlust? I love that movie. No. Oh my God. That's a must watch. Paul Rudd. Aniston. In, in fairness, I'm talking to a guy here that has never seen the Sopranos. Yeah, it's true. But so Wanderlust like is way more sophisticated. You, you <laughs> might you might be the last person that should be telling me what I should and should not watch, but I will add it to the list because I respect you as a person and a friend. Thank you. You should definitely watch that. And any listener should watch Wanderlust. Great movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that actually wraps it up for a bit. Do you want to go in the interview with Kyle? I right, look, I'm not gonna oppose getting a chance to talk to Kyle. Okay. Let's send it over to Kyle Axman. You guys will really enjoy it. This guy grew up in Atlantic Beach, Long Island, and was bar mitzvahed at Temple Israel and partied at the Omni Diner. He is an actor, a model, a fitness instructor, and just a jack-of-all-trades. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast. I met him last weekend. I'm calling him my friend now, Kyle Axman. Kyle, what's going on? I think we were already friends before we met. I think we've, well, I feel like we have, we have that connection. I thought the deal was when you were doing this, you had to be shirtless so we could stare at your abs the whole time. <laughs> I mean... Then, then you, then you got to pay me the big bucks. Then I'll invoice <laughs> you afterwards. He only does that for specific people. That's funny. Wait, so how'd you guys meet? I'm kind of curious. So you guys met for the first, for the first time, according to Johnny. But Kyle, you said you knew Johnny Pryor through a mutual. Oh no, I was just fucking. I just, I mean, yeah, we, like we knew of each other, but I was saying like we have that connection. We've known each other since forever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like when you meet someone, you're like, I feel like we already know each other. Well, we were kind of going to touch on it a little bit. I mean, you are dating a friend of mine, Skylar Schwab, but kind of curious how you guys met. Is like, I don't know. You probably told me, but I was pretty drunk and I don't remember. Yeah. So if you want to tell the listeners. Well, it was kind of ironic because like at that birthday party, like I was the one that was invited. Skylar was my plus one and she no way. knew way more people than I did. So <laughs> it's just like a small, really small world. Um, we were actually set up by like a, a mutual friend that I used to teach um, flywheel with. Um, her name's Sarah Spiesman, and uh, basically she thought we'd both hit it off and texted me, gave me her number, and I guess the, the rest is history. It was actually funny because I was out to dinner with Eddie Rosen, who's our mutual friend that went to Equinunk, and uh-huh. I got her number while I was out to dinner with Eddie, and I said to Eddie, I was like, do you know this? Do you know this girl? Like, we're mutual friends, and then he was like, oh, yeah, she's great. Like, definitely go for it. It's always, like, easier that way when you, like, have the mutual friends instead of just going in blindly. So that's pretty much how it, how it all went down. I was actually curious as well. Um, I mean, since we're talking about a relationship, you're currently in a relationship right now, but being like a fitness instructor, an actor, like, has that work, has your work like affected any of your relationships prior or currently? We're actually a dating podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this, seeing other, is this seeing other people? No, because I mean, it's, 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 <laughs> seriously though, I mean, it's, it, they're, they're, 
all those like everything you do it's like got to be like taxing on the body like it's got to be taxing on yourself yeah. you gotta be worn out like in order to have a relationship no, and yeah. balance all that shit like no that's a really good question um i've actually since i became a fitness professional i've only been in one other relationship um and i would say that yeah it did it did take a take a little toll on the relationship like of at the end of the day, being so exhausted, um, and then maybe taking it out on the other person, and like, um, I don't know, just I feel you using them using them as like a as like a punching bag. I know I'm, I'm sure you guys are <laughs> are busy are busy too, but it's like you know when I'm waking up at five thirty every day, and then like I'm not done till like seven eight p.m. And if that other person like is is needy and you can't give them that time, like yeah it causes, um, causes conflict for sure. But, um, not to say that she wasn't supportive. I mean, she was, and Skylar's extremely supportive and understands what I do. And, um, I'm still able to kind of, you know, make time for her. And I've been able to work my way up in the field so that I can kind of make my own schedule in a way. And I currently am lucky enough to have weekends off, which is pretty rare for a fitness professional. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty, lucky right now and um, yeah you're you're, you're preaching a, you're preaching the choir too Kyle trust me because like I mean like as a hockey player I have a bad game like I mean I'm taking it full-blown out on my girlfriend court I like every day I wake up the next day I got to apologize to her it's brutal is this turning into a therapy yeah. session <laughs> <laughs> yeah Laz, they have to realize it's girlfriend. not it's not them <laughs> it's not their fault you know exactly it's better that you guys take it out on your girlfriend I just take it out of myself and I feel double worse <laughs> But, uh, but Kyle, you're a man of many talents. Like you're one of the founding trainers of rumble, which, you know, I'm sure me and Cappy can attest. We see it five times on Instagram stories every day. Like it's super popular, but can you talk about like how that was created? Because I feel like, you know, actually us two, like Cappy said, we were hockey players. We did box like every Monday when we played hockey together, boxing is a very great workout, very tough workout, but it's crazy that it's become like this popular somewhat franchise. I feel like, can you talk about just the growth of rumble? So I was actually brought on board to help create Rumble Training, which was Rumble Boxing, the second concept. So Rumble Training, we swapped out the water bags for treadmills. Um, so we partnered with Techno Gym, made custom-made treadmills with touchscreens and, and arcade-style joysticks um, so that it's, it's more of a, I guess, more similar to like a Barry's Boot Camp and that it's running in strength. Um, and that it would supplement your boxing, right? So like boxers obviously run. So it's more of like a training for the fight type situation. Mm -hmm. So I was brought on um, summer of 2019 um, to come into like this workshop lab setting to help, you know, uh, create this product from the ground up, work on the, the treadmill programming. Basically they wanted to hire everyone from that was already teaching boxing to teach the treadmill stuff. And they needed like a running person to come in and kind of make sure that all the programming made sense for runners and um, help make sure the strength training would supplement the running and it would all make sense. And then to onboard all the trainers in New York and then out in San Francisco. So I was uh, lucky enough to be approached and I left flywheel and, and went and helped start rumble training. Um, unfortunately four and a half months we were open COVID hit so we were closed for like way longer than when we were open luckily now we're back in action um we're open on the upper east side we're open in san francisco and our chelsea location is going to be opening in a few weeks uh we're actually this chelsea location is closed because that's where we film our rumble tv which is our at-home platform that we launched during the pandemic 
So we had to kind of figure out where to move production. But, um, you know, being able to be creative and, and part of the ground floor of something like I was just beyond floored to I was just beyond thrilled to be a part of something new because I was, you know, I was still <clears throat> new in the fitness world. Like I, I had only been teaching indoor cycling for like three years. Um, so I was just like honored to be able to, to move on and move up in the fitness world. And um, I definitely think uh, now, and now that Rumble, Rumble was acquired recently by a franchising agency, Rumble, uh, it's called Exponential Fitness. Um, but that doesn't exactly affect Rumble training. They're franchising Rumble boxing. So like what's going on with Rumble training is kind of separate. So it doesn't affect me as much, but it's just fun to like, you know, meet new trainers and I'm tomorrow I'm like onboarding two new trainers for Rumble training since during the pandemic, a lot of people have either left New York, left the business, left Rumble, started their own thing. So it's been cool to be able to find new talent and, uh, new rock stars. Yeah, Kyle, no doubt. Like that, that's amazing that you started that, but I'm actually curious, you mentioned like you're meeting all these new trainers and stuff like that. Um, I feel like every trainer has their own like unique, like style to them. You know what I mean? So what makes your style mm -hmm. unique? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I think that also my clients could, could attest to this as well. Um, I think that my class is like, not so intimidating like it's very silly and fun um like i drop like a ton of dad jokes <laughs> sometimes i reuse the same ones and people are shaking their head but like they know it's coming um i'm yet yeah, I'm, I'm very goofy so you know the the clients find themselves dying pushing themselves but laughing at the same time so it's like we don't we don't take ourselves too seriously in my class because at the end of the day we're just running in place and lifting weights it's nothing it's nothing we're not reinventing the wheel so uh i think and also like you know I, I like to play a lot of edm uh you know remixes of top 40 so very uplifting you know bangers only and um <laughs> I love I think that. people definitely leave class like exhilarated and happy and i think it that you know if i could put a smile on someone's face for one second during a class then then my job is done and it, and it makes it all worth it for me just to just spread smiles. Something I've always wondered about when it comes to personal trainers is like, and I've actually, I've done like the cycling classes a couple of times and I've done classes like with my mom, but do they, like, do you do like three to four workouts a day? Cause you're doing obviously multiple classes, right? Like how do you not die? Like, yeah. It's not easy. Dude, it's a lot. I, uh, I mean like sometimes like I'll give you an example of like just today. Okay. So today, um, I woke up at six, um, I had to be on set at 6.30 for Rumble TV, taught a Rumble TV class at 7, and I'm doing the whole class. It's, it's a weightlifting class. Um, then I went downstairs to the break room, had two back-to-back -back private clients on Zoom, and then I took a, an Uber to Hoboken where I filmed five back-to-back -back spin classes for Strive. And then I came back home, <laughs> and then I taught a class on Zoom at 6 p.m. here in my right ear. I'm sleeping by 1 um, p.m. <laughs> you know, so when I, when I, well, I'm also training for a triathlon. And so I booked a lane today at 4 PM to swim. I have a pool in my building and I just like got back from doing the cycling class and I was like, I can't do it. Like I just, I was depleted and like, I have been snacking all day, but I haven't really had the opportunity to eat a prop. I hadn't had a, I hadn't had the opportunity to eat a proper meal. Mm -hmm. It's like, I basically had like a massive lunch at 3 PM. And then I just passed out for an hour and a half, woke up groggy <laughs> and taught my 6 PM class. Um, so yeah, I mean, like it's, it's tough. You got to get the calories in, you got to just be like snacking on like all day. Um, 
you know, I usually have like a snack mix in my bag, like fruit. Um, and it's also just proper recovery, giving yourself mental health days. Like, you know, I'm trying to give myself weekends off where at least for one day in the weekend, I'm not doing anything work-related. I'm not programming. I'm not answering emails. I'm just taking that day like in order to keep myself sane. But some days are more than others. Obviously, today is, a, is an example of a crazy day. Um, I'm not shooting five spin classes back to back every day. It's, I only go there every other week, but you know, it, uh, yeah, it's, but it's like, I love what I'm doing. And like, when I see people's Instagram stories and DMS of like how their, my class was what they were looking forward to all week. And like my class is their first sense of community in a long time. Like then it makes my exhaustion, like so worth it. And it's mm -hmm. just like, it doesn't feel like work at all. I do want to backtrack a second because you mentioned the triathlon you're training for. And I, I read that your dad was a triathlete for the USA triathlon team. And I saw that you have already ran in five and three half marathons. Like, is your dad obviously the reason, I mean, you told us prior to recording a little bit that, you know, your dad always pushed you to run, but is he the reason that you're doing what you're doing now? hundred percent. Um, you know, I, so my, you know, like when you collect a bunch of t-shirts, you can make them into a, into a quilt. Like yeah. that, there's like services that do it. So like growing up, I always like on my couch in my living room would like snuggle up on this quilt that had a hundred different triathlon t-shirts on them. But like, I never understood it. I never knew what it was. Like my dad would show me pictures and tell me stories, but like, I didn't get it until I started teaching indoor cycling and running and doing all this stuff. And then hearing about triathlon and hearing about racing. And then I was like, Oh, like, this is what my dad does. And like, maybe I can do this now. And so one of my buddies, Brian Levine, who was in my training group at Flywheel, um, he works for 10,000 gear now. He basically, you know, he was like, you should just try it. Like you could do a sprint tomorrow. Like you could do a sprint triathlon tomorrow if you wanted to, you have the endurance. So I did it. And like, my dad was like crying at the finish line and just seeing his reaction just made it all worth it. And I was just like, I want to keep doing this. And it's how we bond too. Like I'm going home to Atlantic beach in Long Island this weekend bringing my bike out, schlepping it on the Long Island Railroad just so my dad and I can ride together on Sunday morning. So it's just like, it's really special. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I grew up with my dad only. My, my mom um, left when we were, when we were not, when I was eight. Um, she's still in my life, but my dad was my mom and my dad. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just like the fact that we have that triathlon bond is uh, it's really special to me. And I know it's, we're, it'll last forever as long as he can, uh, stay on the bike um but he's it's crazy he's in i think he's like 66 and he's still training like he's not racing but he still trains a lot are you a movie guy a little bit you seen you seen that's my boy no oh my god all right well, i've heard of, i've heard it's amazing it's a great movie but i'm like i'm like imagining your dad right now as a character who plays father mcnally and everyone's like he's pretty ripped for an old fuck i'm just like i'm at you know <laughs> yeah not the not yeah, the sixty six. I can send you. <laughs> I can send you a photo of. I can send you a photo of my dad, uh, like lifeguarding in Atlantic Beach when he was my age and he was ripped. I'm sure. I'm sure he's still in better shape than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my phone right now. I'm in a hotel room. It's it's terrible. But I think the class. I was I was gonna say. I think the closest thing I have to my dad is that we share the same uh, Laspada's sandwich menu item. <laughs> it's like complete opposite. That's our yeah. <laughs> That's our thing. Well, when I go home, I'm like, oh, dad, I'll pick you up a sandwich. <laughs> but Kyle, I mean, at least you have that. Kyle, what's next? I mean, like, are you going to hop on American Ninja Warrior at this point? Like you're what can, you're what's considered in my, in my book, a psycho for doing all this stuff, because <laughs> I would last 
about I, I would like, like I said before, I would be sleeping by 1 PM. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's amazing. Like not just you, but everybody in the business that's doing this, but like, what's next. Do you want to like run? I mean, what is there? There's something more than triathlons. No, there's going to be crazier stuff than that. Um, well, first off, I think people like you who play hockey are crazy too. So to <laughs> yeah. you, uh, um, I actually went to the, the Rangers Very game. Fair. My roommate's a big hockey fan. He took me to the Rangers game a few months ago and it's just like, it's crazy to me. And like the, I'm sure the training is insane and, and intense too. So, um, you know, everyone has their thing. Um, but no, I mean, I've done half Ironman distance. I have a, um, I'm doing the New York city triathlon, which is Olympic distance in a few weeks, in two weeks, June, uh, or no, in three weeks, July 12th. And then I'm doing half Ironman in September. Um, the goal is to do full Ironman in the next like three years. Um, you know, it's people think, Oh, if you've done half, like, oh yeah, you could do a full, but it's really like a full Ironman is going to take over my life. Like, sorry, Skylar, I'm going to be training for 30 hours. A week. <laughs> like I won't be able to work as much. Like it's an Ironman is, is insane. I mean, like for those on the, that are listeners that don't know, it's a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike, and then a marathon 26.2 mile run. It's 140.6 miles. Um, so it's not an, an easy feat, but I know it's like something that I, I want to do at least once. Um, do you complete that in one day or is it like a month? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, the goal is like, you know, 11, 12 hours, I think. That's insane. That's Kyle, help. Half and around five. Kyle, help me out. Cause I'm, and, and I'm in, I'm in good shape. I mean, I'm, I play hockey year round, like I'm in decent shape, but I'm the terrible runner. So like, motivate me people are like oh yeah when i run i just black out and i just keep i just keep buzzing i'm like no like it's, i'm just the worst runner known to man like that, that, that i just can't the biggest advice i give people is just to really take it in increments like do a jog and then a walk and then a jog and then a walk um you know one day run a mile second day rest third day run two miles like ease your way into it find a podcast you like listen to locker room repeats uh, you know, find, a good, <laughs> find, find, some good, find some good music. I love, I mean, I love running some big booty mix, two friends, mm -hmm. big booty mix. There's like 19 of classic. them. They're like hour long mixes. Classic. Yeah. Classic. Um, and I shameless plug. I think that like my class is really great for the anti runner um, because each run is just a three minute round. It's like a three minute snippet. And then you walk in between. So you, it's really like in small doses and you're not like number shamed, like, you know, I'm not screaming out like sprint at a 10 to 13 or else you suck. I'm saying tap the run button. And like whether you picked beginner, intermediate or advanced for your level at the beginning of the class, it just goes. And then there's joysticks to pull it back or add. So nobody sees what your speed is. You're going pretty much by feel. That's You're listening to loud music. <laughs> it's pitch black. Exactly. So it's nobody knows. <laughs> it's, it, so you should, I mean, like, I would definitely, you know, if you're ever in town, let me know uh, and I could get you in, into a class because I, I have people that, like walk out of the room saying like, I hate running, but I love that class all the time. Like that's the, one of the most common things I hear. And that's what Rumble Boxing does really well too. It's like, you can go in there having never boxed before, or you can go in there as a, you know, Muhammad Ali and walk out like you got a good workout no matter what. Like you have people thinking that have never boxed before that walk out thinking they're Muhammad Ali. Like it makes you feel like you're a professional boxer, you know? So I think that's what rumble does really well is they create like really positive experiences for people of all levels. Are you one of the trainers that's constantly yelling? It's all mental. No, <laughs> I, I, uh, 
my, my hockey coach used to just scream that constantly when we were training and like, you know, me and like three other guys who like to keep it light. We'd always scream like, no, man, it's definitely fucking physical. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're stronger than you think. That, yeah. That's that one I hear in 99% of the group fitness classes I take. You're stronger than you think. <laughs> no, I think I'm pretty strong. I don't think I'm any stronger than how I think I am. Like, <laughs> So, I love that. It's like but, you, you, there's so many like canned group fitness sayings, and I'm so guilty of saying some of them, you know. But so funny. The all Dude, mental you probably, one always gets me though. It's, it's so funny. It's just like on the podcast, like like when like we listen back and we say some stupid shit. And we're like, God, like, God, I said that again. Like you, you, you're watching your, <laughs> you're, you're, you're watching your runs back. <laughs> but I know we touched on the on the fitness stuff, but we haven't even talked about your acting career, or your modeling career. Like we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but. I've seen you in a couple commercials. I actually did some Instagram stalking too, and I saw your uh, your funny caption about the Bud Light commercial when you're like, "I got paid to act like I like beer." That was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it was actually act like I like. Fo- it was actually act like I like football. I like beer. Oh I yeah, yeah. I like beer. I, yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. I uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. <laughs> poor, what, a poor reciting, whatever you whatever you call it. But like, what ideal? Like, are you still pursuing the acting career? Like, what ideal role would you like see yourself in? Yeah. Um, so I still, I'm like represented for film and TV. Um, I have a manager and an agent and then a, a, another agent for voiceovers and uh, commercials. Um, so most of like the work pre pandemic that I was booking was commercially and, and voiceovers was lucky enough right before the world shut down to do a national Geico campaign, which was great. Um, since then I, you know, it's been really slow for us, uh, for us actors. Um, you know, I, I, the auditions are few and far between. So I'm just obviously keep keeping busy with fitness. Um, it's not even like, you know, people say like, is fitness like your plan B? Um, in my opinion, it's just all one thing. Like yeah. Kyle Axman is my brand. And, you know, whether I'm teaching a fitness class on one day or shooting a commercial the next day, it's all me. It's not like two separate careers. And like, if something you know, falls into place where I land a sitcom and have to give up fitness for a while, then just that, that, that just so be it. You know what I mean? So, um, obviously like ideal role would be like, you know, a regular, a regular on like a sitcom, like consistent work on like a a Netflix series. Um, you know, I look at some of these shows, like an American version of like Bridgerton, like CW, like that kind of stuff. I could definitely, you know, see myself on, um, I, I got yeah. it. I mean, I already know. I already know what you're what you should go on. But I, I did. Ca- I, I was stalking your Instagram as well, and I did see that little uh, dating scene that you had, the one where you got broken yeah. up with. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, you should be. You should be so on my the amazing type race. is dumped. Yeah, no. But you one. should be on the amazing. You should be on the amazing race. Hundred percent. It's not a bad idea. We got to hook you up with Dane Delegro, uh, a former podcast guest of ours. He's an actor in LA. He does. He does like the oh, nice. monster. He's a monster actor, like a creature actor. He's because he's fucking like six oh, nice. nine. He's he's massive. He used to play pro basketball. He's oh, yeah. giant. He's massive. That's awesome. There's definitely there's definitely a market for that for uh, motion capture stuff for like even video games and animated stuff. But I also I I need to plug. We already talked about Skylar, but I got to plug her because I asked her for some dirt on you before this, and she did say to bring up the funny bar mitzvah story that you have involving a choreographed dance. So let's hear it. I heard you crowd surf and like, I don't even want, I don't want to tell it for you. So just, just give it to us. I don't know if it's necessarily, necessarily that dirty, uh, but it's a definitely a silly story. So 
um, at my bar mitzvah at the Omni Diner. Uh, I did a choreographed dance that I rehearsed with one of the hot dancers uh, to let's <laughs> get it started by the by the Black Eyed Peas. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, so pumped to do it with like she was i saw her at another bar mitzvah and told my dad i want her to be a dancer <laughs> at my bar mitzvah we all have, we all have one of those yeah, we all yeah. Have those. um so we did the dance and, and at the end of the song there was like a crowd surf moment um and so i went and did the crowd surf and the front of my braces this race got caught on gary kovarsky's suit jacket <laughs> who, who you know also yeah. an equinox alum uh-huh. And uh, when I went up from the crowd surf, my uh, wire came out of my mouth. Like it, the rubber bands popped and the wire was just sticking out, like poking my cheek. So I was like bleeding. And um, <laughs> on, my, on, my, on my mom's side of the family, every male is pretty much a dentist. Um, my poppy my, and my two uncles uh, were both, or my poppy, my uncle and my cousin were all three dentists. Mm-hmm. And they had my my uh, uncle Ellis had a um, had tools in his his trunk, and so he like took me to the bathroom in the middle of the uh, bar mitzvah, took off all the rubber bands, pulled the wire out, and so if you like look at my bar mitzvah album, half the pictures I have full braces, and I'm like the second half I just have have no braces. <laughs> it was like and like I'm like you know how when you get your braces off you're like licking your teeth and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when you got your 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 brand new sexy teeth you were like doing that all day. I'm still doing it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Um so that was uh that was a funny story that uh I think it came up on me and Skylar's like first date. So she like loves that story. That's the perfect time to get your braces off. The attention's on you already, and then you mix that into it. There's nothing better yeah. than that first day when you get your braces off. Everyone's like, smile, smile, yeah. and see your teeth. You know? Yeah. Perfect timing. Just like when you got if your teeth. If only they were off, they're good. Smile, smile. Yeah. No, I, yeah. now I'm actually, I'm actually more insecure with teeth now than I was without them because now everyone's asking me to smile for them. It's, like, really weird. <laughs> um, Cap, you want to go to matzo ball? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, Kyle, we love to do a segment on the podcast. We like to call the Matzo Ball Minute Questions. Just going to rattle off a quick few for you here. Um, We're going to start you off. So, did you think you could take Jake or Logan Paul in a fight? I don't know either one. So, I'm going to say Logan Paul. You You don't know either one? I'm not. Are are those fighters? No. You don't know who those guys are? Wow. I'm not a big like sports guy, so yeah. I don't know. Are they athletes? They're no, like so Logan Paul's boxers. the guy. Logan Paul. Logan Paul's the guy that just fought uh, Mayweather in that in that fight, that boxing fight. Oh yeah, I mean, I saw, I definitely saw it on like the news and the Instagrams, but I'm not. I don't really follow it. Let me let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Do you think that you could? Do you think that you could take a semi-professional boxer in a ring? Uh, yeah. in your weight class i'm a softie, I'm a softie. no <laughs> i'm a lo- i'm a lover not a fighter so are, so are we love that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> loki who's your favorite movie character of all time uh ron burgundy give us a quote uh this burrito is good but it is filling <laughs> <laughs> not not the first one that comes to mind but definitely a good one and he throws it san diego <laughs> Best TV show that you've ever binged? Lost. Lost? I've never seen Lost. I've heard you know what? I've told people all the time. I've gone through like six seasons of Lost and then I just stopped. But people say the ending's like one of the best endings of all time throughout like every movie. I mean, I think it's like a love-hate thing. Some people are like, the ending was horrible. Like 
They didn't tie up any of the loose ends. I thought it was great. I loved every minute of it. Lost was like my shit. I haven't watched yeah. a second of that. Are you binging anything right now? Yeah, I'm watching Handmaid's Tale right now. Handmaid's Tale. It just the, the new season just came out. So depressing. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, I was, Kyle, I was going to ask you prior when you said you do, you do programming on the side, no? Or not on the side, but you program as oh, well? Like, pro, I meant like programming for my classes. Oh, shit. Like okay. programming, <laughs> like my, the workouts and stuff. Okay, I was going to say, holy shit. Because no, I was going to ask. That's what we call it. That's the, that's the fitness term for like putting in our, our like programs for class. So like at Rumble TV, when like we show up on set, I see on like a monitor, like 10 lunges, 10 squats. And then like the client on their end sees a little graphic with like the program. So they know how, like, so they can like follow along. So that's just like little right, fitness good. window. <laughs> Wait, you like a I'm not like programmer? designing. Yeah, I'm not like designing computer games in my spare time. <laughs> yeah, making, that, vi- yeah. making viruses. That's what I was saying. You're doing that in your spare time too. No, because there was a show yeah. on Netflix called Startup that like is based off a of program. Yeah, I've heard that's. I've heard that's really good. I definitely wanted to check that one out. You yeah. should watch Dave. last one. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> we'll watch Dave. Yeah, I heard that. Last one for you though. If you could pick Dave. one person to work in your acting career with, who would it be? Um. Tom Hanks. Tom wow. Hanks. That's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. Wilson. I mean, he's so fucking good. So good. That, has he's he been in anything wonderful. recently? What's the last time? I'm Hanks not sure what the last. I don't know. Me either. I don't know. I mean, like, Cloud Atlas was, right? That was. I don't even know. I, I honestly, know. I couldn't name a Tom Hanks movie in the last, maybe like Toy Story 4. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's me. That's just me, though. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say, uh, say the latest story. Sorry. So, Kyle, just to wrap things up, we ask every guest this one last question. If you can go back and talk to your 15 year old self, what kind of advice would you give him? Um, wow, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, you know, I would tell myself that what you go, what you go to college for isn't necessarily the end all be all, and like what you think you want to do with the rest of your life, like anything can happen and anything can change. So just don't close any doors and take every meeting and do everything with an open mind and just see where the wind blows, be a good person and be compassionate, spread love and don't be closed minded. And, uh, and then you'll, you'll find happiness. If you, if you're not, um, if you're not married to a certain path that you think you belong on, um, then just, you know, I guess, guess be open and don't be married to, to a specific path. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I think a lot of people can relate to that too, especially the whole college situation. I actually like watched something on Instagram. I forgot the exact specifics of it, but it was talking about some famous people that didn't even realize what they wanted to do until like they were like their mid thirties, early forties. And that's when they started to become famous. Like, I feel like everybody, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a different time for everybody that they, that they finally realize what they so want to do. Crazy. Yeah. When you pick your major, you think you're picking, you know, what you want to do for the rest of your life. And it's such a small fraction of people that actually, go into whatever they studied in college and like sometimes they do go into what they studied in college but they're unhappy and like it's really crazy how like how many times people can switch careers and switch paths and you know it's it's really being open-minded about different opportunities and not being like oh well this is what I got to my degree in and spent all this money on so this is what I should be doing you know yeah it's so funny. I mean, like, you probably didn't think you you were going to be doing what you're doing right now as you started Absolutely college. Not. Like, no shot in hell you would think you were going to be running these classes. No. And I had no idea and that you could actually, it. like, make, make a, 
I didn't know you could actually make a decent living doing, you know, doing what I do. Like when I explained to my dad, like what I do and how, and like how much money I'm making for my classes and stuff, he's like flabbergasted. He's like, so you just sit on a bike and you make mo- that much money. And I'm like, it's not really like that, but yeah, kind of. <laughs> Well, I actually, I also want to give a shout out to one of my friends and also to our sponsor, Mindset Wellness, who we have another connection with. But I'm sure you met my friend, Drew Schumann, who's just starting out in like the fitness uh, instructor business. So what kind of advice would you give to like young kids who do want to go into that business? Because obviously you have to grind for a really long time before you make a name for yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that like group fitness is really the way in and like to build, to start building like a following. Um, because if you have that brand power, then you're not like, you don't have to be as scrappy with your own personal marketing because they're doing a lot of the marketing for you. So like I was lucky enough to be part of Flywheel, which had a huge name and Flywheel's like Nomad Studio was about to open. So I got some prime slots there and, you know, I was in my early twenties and in Nomad and like Murray Hill. And so it was just like, I was able to kind of grow there. And then a lot of those people have stuck with me follow me to rumble, follow me to zoom. I train some of them privately now. So it's really like, I think starting off with like a well-known brand to start meeting people and just putting yourself out there and going to as many like networking events, workout events as you can. Um, shameless plug for me as well. I'm the Roan, uh, the community captain for Roan, which is a, a men's uh, lifestyle brand. Um, so I, I run all their New York city community outreach and community events and you know, I, I started going to their, their events when I first started in fitness and I, I was able to meet some of my like now best friends, you know, mm-hmm. like, and it's when you're in your twenties, thirties, starting out, it's hard to meet like-minded people, right. And like-minded vulnerable, like men. And, uh, you know, you, Rome gave us the opportunity to do that. And so like, I'm super grateful for that, for all their community events. So that's like, I guess those are the two biggest things is like brand power, like find a brand that has power and um, go to as many like workouts, just introduce yourself to people, follow people on Instagram, get, send them love. Even like, if you see someone on Instagram that you admire uh, what they're doing, like DM them be like, I'd love to hop on a call with you and just like talk. Like I've had people reach out to me that just, hop on a zoom for five minutes because they're starting out in fitness or something like that. And it's just like, it helps me to talk to them and it helps them. So it's, it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you said, you said it perfectly. Like even in, in any aspect of life regarding like not even involving fitness, if you just reach out to people and talk to people, like, you know, when I was first trying to find a job, I was talking to like five people a day and you just, you never know where a conversation can go, you know? Yeah, for sure. But uh, we kind of want to end with, oh, Oh, sorry. No, sorry. Sorry. Sorry, John. I kind of want to end with this one song. You have one song to put on your, on your playlist. What is it for the rest of your life? I think it's gotta be uh seek bromance by Avicii. Wow. That's like one of my go It's just like such a classic and it it, the, the drop just hits. And it's like before he was Avicii and you know, he came out with that shit and it just like, he's one, he's just such a legend. Like he really reinvented electronic dance music and he'll be remembered forever. Like I remember 2012, I was, I went to university of Miami and I was in school and he headlined for the first time and Madonna introduced him. And it was just like, it was history in the making, you know, like no, there was no EDM artist like introduced by Madonna, like on a stage like that, that was such a young, he was such a young person and like, oh man, such a tragedy. And, uh, but his music lives on and I, I really, 
I, if you take my class, whether it's on Zoom or in person, there will almost automatically always be one Avicii song, always. I love that. I was able to see him live as well. And I saw that that documentary on Netflix where the Madonna yeah. actually introduced him. So that's so cool that you were there. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I was there. I'm that was the, cool. Not the EDM guy. <laughs> I, I, I do appreciate yeah. it. I appreciate Avicii. Yeah. Movie. But uh, Kyle, we want to thank you so much for doing this seriously, man. Like, you know, anything you ever need, we're, we're now, uh, you know, we're going to hype you up all the time on Instagram. So that's what we do. Big Kyle Axman. I appreciate that. We hype up our boys. Likewise. Appreciate you guys and hope, hope to see you guys in uh, in a class. Let me know whenever you want to come through yeah, and I'll, and I'll definitely, 100%. put you in. I could use it so my mom stopped squeezing my love handles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks, thanks Kyle. Kyle. I want to thank our friend Kyle Axman once again for coming on the pod. Uh, super great guy, super well-rounded, also a stud. I know you guys couldn't see him. You were just listening, but oh, my God, is that guy shredded. I want to give a shout-out also to our friend Skylar Schwatt, seeing other people. I know we mentioned them and, and Mindset Wellness. And, and speaking of Mindset Wellness, I know a lot of people are out partying now. The world is back, and the weather's nice, and it feels like summer. I spent the weekend in the Hamptons this weekend, and I've been really struggling to get my sleep so use the Mindset Wellness Rest Gummies. They literally are a lifesaver. Like any time that you are struggling to fall asleep in bed, just take two of these and you will sleep like a baby. Mindset Wellness is our sponsor. We love them. Go to MindsetWellness.com and use code LOCKA10 for 10% off plus free shipping. And check them out on Instagram at MindsetWellnessCBD. Once again, that's code LOCKA10, L-A-T-K-E-10 for 10% off with free shipping. And get the Rest Gummies because you will sleep like a baby. There's not much to say on the end of today's episode. I do want to wrap it up, but hope you guys had an awesome Father's Day weekend. We got another great episode coming next week. I want to thank Kyle Axman once again, but we love you guys and we will talk to you soon. Bye.